listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, this is AfterBuzz TV for Season 7, Episode 10 of Desperate Housewives. Tonight's host is Roxy Stryer. Joining Roxy will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Sarah Stratton, Sharon May, Jen Rouleau, and Phil Svitek. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. We want to hear from you, too. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347-855-8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, Roxy Stryer! Okay, so we just finished watching a crazy episode of Desperate Housewives called Down the Block, There's a Riot, which tells us our special segment, which is going to be about riots. And before we get into it, I want, just in case you missed part of the show, a little recap from Sarah. So this episode dealt with the love triangles around both Brie and Tom, and Juanita found out that Grace was was Gabby's daughter, also, the whole street went to a cra- went crazy in a riot um, at Paul and the Mayor's Street Award presentation. Perfect. I think I want to start with the whole Richard Keith and Bree scenario here. Okay, so we see Bree, and we see Richard kind of all through the past couple of episodes. He seems really into her, but we don't know that he's going to actually make a move on her. Do you guys think that you could have called that, that he was going to make a move? Or did you just think he was a little creepy and maybe he Who wasn't going to go that far? couldn't tell he was going to make a move? You, you could I tell. mean, I could tell. From day one. I was kind of thinking maybe he would just break down and be like, I'm lonely, oh my god. And she would be like, it's okay, I'll help you. He just completely misinterpreted all of her kindness and all of her kind gestures. Um, I don't know if he misinterpreted it or if he just didn't care. You know, it, it seemed to me... He said she was leading her on. It didn't seem to me that that could be interpreted that way. He never... I think he wanted to manufacture that. Yeah, I think in his mind, she was giving him signals. Extra special attention. See, I don't. I think he was just completely making it up and giving himself an excuse. But I'm kind of with you on this one. There was no... Just like some weird... Yeah, completely lech. So gross. Yeah. So gross. Like, you can see when he was leaning over her shoulder, it was like, you know that feeling when somebody's just too close to you and you're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, like right now my shoulders are curled up and ugh, it just, it just really freaked me out. And do we think Keith was wrong for completely wailing on his dad? Like, I, if that was me, obviously I can't punch like Keith can all those muscles but <laughs> I would have gone after you would have yeah. gone some dad. punches right yeah. no for yeah. sure I mean like the person that you are growing up with you trust more than anybody by nature your parents and then he sees his dad do this I, and I felt like from Keith's reaction that he hadn't seen his dad do this before and to me it kind of seemed like his dad was the kind of dad who always did something like this so did Richard really have feelings for Brie 
Or was it just he wanted what Keith had? Or what, what was the deal there? I think he was just lonely, and I just felt like there was a tiny bit of, like, an evil streak in him. Like, you see it before. Like, it was creepy. His hands on her shoulders, and then afterwards she asked him to leave, and he wouldn't Yeah, go. he said, I'll leave when I'm finished. I would not have let that fly. No. I would have said, no. You will not leave when you're finished. You'll leave when I ask you to finish. And if you refuse to leave, the cops will escort you yeah, out. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, what kind of thing is that? She She's such a strong woman. And then, uh, I don't know. She but just... I think she was totally just thrown off guard. Because first that creepy man came into her house, which, that's enough to scare anybody. For sure. And then she's attacked by her boyfriend's dad. I mean, she was probably just like, I need to sit down. You know what I mean? Not for a single second do we see her try to kiss him back. No. Immediately she threw him off. No feelings there. Okay, what do you think, Phil? If a girl asked you to leave their house, mm-hmm. you leave. Or you don't leave, depending on the situation? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would definitely I would definitely leave. But uh, going back to the, uh, the Keith and Richard point, um, I mean, Keith has a history of violence, you know, and jealousy. Uh, you know, when he was... When Bree was sort of courting him initially, mm-hmm. that was a point of contention. Was that he he was known to get uh, very violent with. But we do see Bree stand up for him, which we'll talk later on about when we speak about the riot. But I was very proud of her that she didn't freak out on him for being so violent, and instead she was very caring. She defended him. I mean, Phil, what would you do if you were in that situation? <laughs> really? I mean, if you were in Keith's situation. If I was in Keith's situation. And um, your dad did that. Would you get violent? I, I, in some sense, yeah. I mean, I would feel betrayed. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I think that's it's a horrible whole, betrayal. It's a whole other step of betrayal because we know Keith, and if this was any guy, he would beat them up. And it's just taking it right. a step further. This is the person, like Roxy said, who he trusted the most, who's supposed to be the closest to him. If anything's supposed to support him in relationships, and he's the one betraying him, it's like double as bad. I completely think that he should kick his ass. Especially yeah. after all the kindness. You know, I mean, Keith and Bree have been taking Richard in out to yeah. all these dinners and everything. I don't know. But okay, more about Keith and Bree's relationship. Do we think, what are we thinking about this? Is this going to work? And was it fair for him to walk out when she was making the commitment to move in with him? I mean, she said to him, you know what, I'm not ready to make that promise yet. I can't marry you yet. But I do love you. And I'd love to move in with you. First, I don't think any couple should get married without living together first. I totally agree. I don't understand how you could think that the relationship would be the same at all. I mean, there are people who have been together for years and years and move in together. And that's it. Doesn't it doesn't work. It you doesn't don't work. really get to know a person until you spend time with them. Yeah. Exactly. It, you could spend... Morning, oh, evening. Exactly. You could spend so much time with somebody, but until you're living with them, until you're moved in, you don't know their little habits. Absolutely. You don't know what they leave at the nightstand that pisses you off. You don't know if they do their dishes. You don't know anything, you know? All the intimate details. So I I didn't think that was fair of him to completely walk out on her after she was willing to make a commitment, just not the one of his liking. That's because his father planted these seeds in his head. Yeah, his father. Or his head, rather. That's why Mm -hmm. the betrayal, obviously, when, you know, they got into the fight was because it dug even that deep. You know, obviously, that's why he broke up was because of all this stuff, as you said, Sharon. Right. Just his father completely sabotaged Very manipulative. I think it was also their age difference, though, coming through because... When you're young, like Keith is, it's okay to propose and take a risk, and he's feeling like he wants to have that in his life. I understand where he's coming from. Whereas Bree, she's been through marriages. She's more level-headed, and she doesn't want to rush into it, and I see her side too, but I can understand why Keith would be really hurt by her not accepting his proposal. Right. I don't think it's right. I think Bree's right. 
but I can understand why his ego would be hurt. Right. But he was excited about the move until his yeah, father until his father something. planted the seed. Yeah, and you know, I, I do agree with what you're saying, but when you refer to him as young, you know, he's not that young. But he's younger than her. He's younger than her for sure, but he's not a 23-year-old person who's like, I'm in love with my high school sweetheart still, and I, let's get married. He's old enough to realize that just because your father says something doesn't mean it's a concern of yours, you know? And I, I yeah. think that that's his responsibility. No, and I completely agree, but what, what I'm about to say is I don't think that's a good match for Brie, somebody who is so concerned about their dad's opinion and can't acknowledge that they should live together before they get married. I don't know. There are some things that I really like about the couple together, some things that make them really fit and match. But at their cores, there seems to be something that I can't see them lasting through. He's really insecure about the relationship. Yeah. Because right. she won't make that final commitment. She won't wear that ring. Well, in, in 10 years, is it going to work? Is it going to work when he decides he wants children? Right. Exactly. I don't know. Like what, like what I was saying. And, and I don't know if, if it's going to work. And I guess we could talk more about it in predictions. But I just don't know if it should work. And what kind of lesson that's showing people. You know what? You love. If you're in love with somebody, it's fine. It will work. Because you know what? I'm a firm believer. And not everybody who are in love with each other should be together. You know? I agree. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, they are in love. I'm being so mushy and sappy right now. I know. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. I'm, bring, I'm bringing my own, own emotions into the show. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, just because you're in love with somebody doesn't mean you should get married. Doesn't mean that you Absolutely. should, that you should make that commitment. And Bree's smart enough to see that. She does love him. And that is a huge step for her after she just got mm-hmm. divorced to be in love with another guy. But that, that doesn't mean without any, they've been dating for three months, you know? I think she's being really smart. I do too. It is way too soon and yeah. to be easy. rushing into a marriage. It's, it's easy when a hot guy comes and proposes to you. It's easy. It would have been easy for her to look around and like, I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. Yes, absolutely. She's being smart. Yeah, She's taking smart. care of herself, care of herself. And, and him. Yeah. You know, she's acknowledging the fact that he might not know what he's doing. You know? And can I just say she did it so graciously? Mm. I mean, if there is one way to turn down a proposal, I'm going to, if I ever have to do that, I'm going to rewatch this episode because she did it in such a graceful way without mm-hmm. hurting him and the way that she got down on one knee. I that just, was cute. I thought that she really took care of his feelings, even though she was really telling him some bad news. And you know what? I don't always think that she's the most beautiful, but she looked so gorgeous yeah. there, you know? It was something like glowing about it. She just really. Props. Yeah. I'm giving her the two thumbs up right now. Okay, moving on from that situation. How about this Renee Tom thing? Oh, my God. And Susan finding out. This is so funny because last week my mom called in and was like, you know what? If I was Susan, I would approach Tom. And I said, you know what, Mom? Yeah, in real life. But on the show, they wouldn't do that. They want drama. They want fireworks. Yeah. That is exactly what happened. Mom knows best. Well, to say that my mom watches maybe six hours of television a day <sighs> is not an overstatement. She is a huge TV person. Maybe that's where I get it from. But you know what? She saw that coming. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, and I thought there were still a lot of fireworks because then it created mm. lit, a, a little ripple effect. I think that if she had gone straight to Lynette, there would have just been this huge explosion, whatever. But now 
I think that it's almost making the situation more serious because Renee is freaking right, out. Right. She's freaking, freaking out. out. And you know what I really appreciated was when Tom found out from Susan and he went to talk to Renee, he didn't come to the door with puppy dog's eyes. He didn't come to the door like that. He came angry. Angry. Angry, which made me remember... Oh, right. He doesn't love Renee. He loves Lynette. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you go kick her ass, Tom, because she is currently threatening your relationship. Yeah. And and that's scary. You know, like, I don't know what I would do. Okay, we have to look at it from three different perspectives. No, I guess, I guess four. From Renee, from Tom, from Lynette, and from Susan. From Renee's perspective, if you guys were Renee, do you, would you have told Susan already? Do you tell Susan now that you know this information? Do you leave the street or do you let it be? What do we think? But, oh, I would approach Lynette. Yeah, you approach Lynette. I think that if you're a true friend, she would have told her years ago. Right. I think if she's a true friend, she would leave. And like leave. If she, yeah. if, if tell, I have tell her and leave or not tell her and leave. She should um, have never moved in the first place. Yeah, yeah. but now, now she has moved, so we right. have to be realistic about things totally now that she's there does she tell lynette and tear lynette apart or does she just get up and leave that would be the graceful graceful yeah she should leave because if she really cares about lynette she needs to know that she's not in control of her feelings for tom and so she needs to remove herself from the equation you know what i I can always appreciate when people say i can't help the way that i feel i get that that makes sense to me but you can help your actions exactly everybody Mm -hmm. can and the fact that she she would say, like, I feel like Renee would say, I do love Tom. And I, and Lynette, I can't help the way I feel. You're right. You can't help who you have feelings for. But that being said, you also were married before this. You've had feelings for other guys. And having feelings for Tom and living 100 yards away. Not a good or idea. Or 95 if you're counting tits. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great. Oh, yeah. So funny. Great. That's not helping anything. Yeah. And she's been a really, really crappy friend to Lynette in the past. Seemed like in college. You remember, they don't do this that much anymore, but like bickering all the time and Mm -hmm. those sharp little things at each other. It's like, I I think that if I were Renee, instead of telling Lynette, even though years ago, you're right, I would have told her. But instead of telling her now, I think I would just say, you know what, I'm not comfortable on the street anymore because it's not my lifestyle. I want to go back to New York and... Well, there was just a riot or this yeah. is too crazy. You make, some, you make something up. Or I have a job offer You leave or and you never go back there. You invite her to come stay with you right. like they used to do, but you don't go back. She can't Sweet. be around time. Now I'm going to throw something into the mix that okay. you it, seem so. to have forgotten. Uh, Lynette and Renee have now started a business together uh, in order right, to get Phil. Lynette back in the, the, the world of uh, business that she so loves. Mm. You know what? I, I hadn't so, even been thinking thoughts. about that. Yes, Ooh. of course. And but which you is why that? I needed if to introduce Renee it into the a, conversation. If Renee is a true friend, she will understand that Lynette's marriage is more important, important to her than any business. Exactly. exactly. Lynette's family is her everything. Oh. It's everything. Oh, you know what I want to see? What? I would love... Oh, my God. This is great. Renee, goodbye. Lynette asks Susan to be her new business partner. Exactly. For there them we to go. make it together. Susan actually has a really good eye for this stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Solved. That seems And then simple. hubby could come back from Alaska. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then everything no will dates. be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I think we just made the season finale. Uh, of, um, uh, let's call Mark Cherry oh, right now. Oh, hello. Oh, Mark Cherry? Oh, is that you? Oh, okay. uh, uh, <laughs> not him. Bad connection. He doesn't want to hear our ideas. Uh, I guess not. <laughs> Do you think he's listening to us right now? I thought it worked last week. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is true. Oh, my God. He, he took that idea from my mother. I think he should pay her or something. <laughs> yeah, royalty. Okay, wait. So that's Renee. From Tom's perspective, you're Tom. You find out that Susan knows because Susan tells you. What do you do? You, do you march over to Renee? Do you try to tell Lynette before Renee can tell Lynette? Do you try to make it so Lynette never knows? Do you try to make Renee leave the street? I think you take it to... I think you did it right. You approach Renee first. You see how she reacts. If she's willing to leave, then maybe you have some problems a little bit solved. Then you can ease in. Maybe if you're going to tell Lynette, you go, look... We've had this problem, but we're solving it. Like, I didn't know she had feelings for me, but now she's leaving. It's it's okay. Something like that. If you, But now she's obviously like, I'm staying here. So you have to approach it a different way to Lynette. Okay, but, but let me ask you a question. It's one thing to lie to your friend. It's another thing to lie to your husband or wife. And it's a third thing to have been lying to them and know that you were getting away with it. And now know that there's a third player right. who knows mm-hmm. about it. So we just saw Brene get blacked out and spill something to Susan. Who's to say Susan doesn't black out and spill something to Gabby? Exactly. Who blacks out and spills something to Bree? Who gracefully blacks out <laughs> and spills something? You know, like, it, it didn't matter when it was just the two of them who knew. But now there's somebody else who knows. Yeah, I, I really think that if Renee ends up staying on the street, that Tom has an obligation to tell Lynette, to be honest with her. Right. Because Lynette will be so hurt. And when you're lied to, it hurts so much more when you find out how much trouble the liar went through to keep the lie secret. So if she oh, finds yeah. out that Tom... Because it means they knew that they were messing up. They right. know they a knew. Secret Harboring a secret for 20-some-odd years. And yes. then that they mm. went through Together. all of this trouble to keep it... You know, that would be devastating You know what? That, that's what I always think about. If you're willing to hide something, it clearly means it. You know, like, if, some, if a guy cheats on a girl and he goes to hide it, it means that it meant something. Right. Because if it didn't mean something... Why would you lie? You, you come clean about it and you can move on. But when you don't come clean about something, when you hide something, you know you're hiding something for a reason. Therefore, it meant something. And this is not something that happened when they were 12 years old and, like, little kids. College is your – maybe I'm only saying this because I'm in college. You're kind of growing up, you know? Like, you know the decisions you're making and you don't sleep with your best friend's boyfriend ever, because you're a real ever. person and <laughs> – you don't do that. Exactly. Talked about that last week. Like, you don't sleep with your friend's boyfriend. You don't sleep with your son's girlfriend. You don't sleep with your best friend and your roommate's boyfriend and then fall in love with him and then move to his street. Like, it's just not what okay. is this chick it's doing? It's not okay. You know, I noticed that she also wasn't in, you know, the beginning and they show that flash picture. Oh, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. You and she wasn't, that. Yeah. she wasn't in it. And um, the last time that somebody was on it, oh, what? I can't even think of her name. Blonde, really pretty. Edie. Oh, Edie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, She was on that, and I think she was the last person to be in that, and she got removed from the picture. And you can see it's still the same picture. It's kind of like diagonal, yeah, because right. it was the fifth person over there. And I, I didn't realize that Renee wasn't still still isn't considered a main character. Yeah, she's not a regular She's yet. not a regular yet. And I'm wondering if that's because, 
and we'll, I guess, more in predictions. I always get ahead of myself. I'm wondering if that's because this is where we're seeing the end of her soon. Yeah, I mean, how could they possibly continue to live next to each other? Lynette's going to find out. She's going to find out. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, what do we think? No. Totally. Does anybody think she's not going to find out? No. This yeah, is a serious thing. Everyone's going to find out. <laughs> a secret can stay a secret for if only you know it. Right. If only you know a secret, it could stay a secret. Even then, it's not Let's sure. Let's black out and spill the beans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you write it on a note. Oh. Oh. There you go. <laughs> or or that. Oh. Which, oh, my goodness. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. So you're now we're, we're moving to the third person in the situation. You are Susan. You're Susan. You get this information. What do you do? You go and tell... That's just you, the worst. That is the worst when you're in that situation. She, I think she handled it really freaking well. Though. I do, too. I mean, that's just a horrible situation. Yeah, but I don't think it was her place to say, you need to tell her to leave. I think so it was what her... what would you have told? I think it was her place to say, I know this. You need to take care of this. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I think it's a poor decision for you two to be around each other. Or something like that. I don't think you can go up and be like... Tell her to leave right now, or I'm going to do this and this and this. That's not exactly what she said. I mean, she said, he, he was like, well, are you going to tell what's going on? And she was like, you should ask her to leave this lane. I, I don't think it was, it wasn't very threatening. And I appreciated that. I mean, I can't believe Susan stayed so calm. If it was me, I'd be like, listen, either you tell her or I will. You need to grow a pair and go talk to your wife. And if you won't, I'll talk to her. Yeah, but you know what? I, I think that what she did is almost a little better than that because... Yeah, no, I think how she handled it is better. Because she gave him the option of not ruining, of not telling, and sending this woman away, which would solve the problem. Correct. Correct, but we Unless all know Tom Renee. Unless Tom has feelings for Renee. Right, but and we also know Renee. Problem. Renee's not the type of woman that you say jump she's and she not jumps. Gonna back down. She's not going to back down. And she's also the type of person, we know this, they've built this whole character that if you say you can't have something, she wants, she it, wants it even, even more. more. But wh- why, do we think that, <laughs> why do we think that Renee thinks that she's going to be able to keep Susan quiet? Like what? Why would she ever think that? You know, we kind of see that. I'm not sure Renee cares. I'm, I mean, yes, Renee doesn't want Lynette to find out. But this whole season, it's always been Tom saying, Lynette can't find out. Lynette can't find out. And Renee's like, yeah, you're right. Okay. He, I know. And you know what? Here, here's the irony in that. If, if Lynette finds out, it's going to tear Tom and Lynette's marriage apart. Renee will be and then Renee's And then Renee's waiting. Yep. And Tom's alone. And there Renee is, you know? And, like, that's the part that kills me. Maybe that's not exactly the way it will go. Maybe Tom and Lynette will work things out. But if they don't, Tom's going to be lonely. Renee's going to be persistent. Like, that's what sucks about this stuff. When you, in Lynette's situation, she knows if she finds out, it's either stay with Tom or leave Tom and have him be with somebody else. Yeah. You know? So do you stay with somebody because you're, you don't want them to be with somebody else? And you, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's so hard. They have this family. Yeah. They've been through so much, though. I can see them getting through it. Like, they dealt with him not having a job and her like, a baby. Like, they've had so much. They have, they have a very strong relationship. And I think this season made a point to say that they are still in love. But this is such a deep violation of mm. one's trust. Yeah. How could you ever fully earn that back? And to feel so tricked. You know, to feel like to feel oh, lied to, especially for, yeah, after, years. after she all just that episode where she was like, "I'm the lucky one. Everyone knows you're the perfect husband." Yeah, that's the way she's feeling. 
and, and she's going to find out. And we see, we'll talk about this in predictions, but we see that she does find mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And she's going to find out that he cheated on her with her best friend and roommate. That's not the perfect husband. Not at all. You know? Like, I don't know. So I, I guess we just kind of covered Lynette's thing. I, if I was Lynette, I would try to stick through it because I would acknowledge that it was a long time ago. And I would say, Renee... Get the F out of here. Yeah, that's Goodbye. what I would do, too. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to talk to you. You clearly didn't care enough about me that you moved here. I can get over the past. I can get over it. But I can't get over what you've done in the present, that you came here with these feelings and t- took my best friend, Susan, and tried to almost get her on your side. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that Renee wasn't there for Lynette 20 years ago when she slept with Tom. She wasn't there for her, you know, all the years when Lynette was raising her family. And she's not and there, she's for, not there her for her now. now. And uh, she needs to go. Absolutely. Okay. I'm on the Vanessa same page Williams, there. But. but like you were saying before, Sarah, secrets do come out when you write them down. Oh, my God. With Gabby, did uh, I know? The second she started we writing, we all turned and I go, oh, I'm sure Juanita's not yeah. going to find that. And everybody like, goes, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I get, um, I don't know. I get why Gabby... She went to go talk to Lynette, and I get what Lynette was saying, that you need to write it down, but she knows her daughter's a snoop. Yeah, and loves to play in the jewelry box. Right, you don't leave something out like that for a minute, but I don't, I don't know, like, if, if you guys were Gabby, would you, would you have told Juanita? Would you, now that, I, it was really heartbreaking to me that Gabby was so upset about everything, and so she started yelling at Juanita, kind of, you know? Yeah. It's like, you don't yell at your daughter because you're pissed that you lost your other daughter. Like, you, know, you remember when she was trying on the jewelry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that she... was more of a distraction tactic. Like, she was being so questioning and like, well, why and why and why? And I think Gabby just was trying to avoid the situation. Yeah, she's emotional and wasn't the best way to handle things at all. But I don't know. I can understand it. Like... She didn't know what to do, and she was like, okay, I just need to get this off the subject. Anger's the best way I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that she just had a moment of weakness as a parent. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a parent, but I think that all parents probably experience that, where they're having something that a child can't understand, and they take it out on the child, you know, without meaning to. Yeah, 100%. And you know what, I I do think Gabby has been a great mother to Juanita, but a a little bit of neglect there in the past couple weeks you know yeah absolutely it's a great situation and, and i don't know how old is juanita i think eight. they're eight, eight or nine right yeah. yeah they're eight okay so this eight-year-old Awfully knocks hard. her mom down yeah runs mm-hmm. out of the house which brings us to the riot i mean this riot was freaking nuts crazy oh my god okay so we, we see that we see that paul young like he said earlier is going to na- make the neighborhood tear itself apart. He, he succeeded. And he yeah. is doing a damn good job at that. He really is. You know, I, I didn't think that I that he would be able to do it so successfully. I kind of thought the show was going to go more in the direction like one man cannot tear the entire nation right. apart, you know? Yeah. But really we're seeing the power he has. And his freaking psycho wife, Beth, who doesn't do anything, she kind of just sits there and smiles the whole time. So complacently. She's like, what's going on? He's like, go inside. She's She's like, like, okay. Yes, honey. And also, why do we think that the mayor did no research on 
He didn't talk to any of the neighbors. He was like, oh, this was nice for the neighbors to agree to this. Because um, Paul convinced Politics him. as usual. I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so I we have see- to say, though, even though Paul was able to pit neighbor against neighbor, and we saw this absolutely insane riot breakout, at the end it was redeeming to see Lynette safely saying, stop, yeah. stop, he's my neighbor. Yeah. At yeah. The, at the end of the day. You know, she was the one with the compassion. She was the one who stepped up. And, and you know what? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like you kind of saw that a little bit everywhere. I mean, you see Lee and Bob, like, hovering over Juanita, trying yeah. to protect her. Then you see um, Tom and Renee run to Susan, even though, obviously, Susan and Renee are... They're yeah. all in kind of rocky terms. Like, you kind of see it everywhere, and then you see the families also bonding within themselves. But you, you know what? It's, it's a good point, and that's something I was just about to touch on, is before we see any of these adults realize, oh, my God, we have to help each other, we see Lynette's kid. Yeah. A, a boy. I, I don't know how old he is. Maybe 14, yeah, somewhere around there? teenager. And he says... Mom, don't these people need somewhere to go? And isn't here better than somewhere else? Yeah, why are we trying so hard? Why to are keep we trying so out? hard to keep them out? And then at the end, we see Paul say to Lynette, "Remind me what's so different about these released convicts than your How neighbors? How are they better than you? Yeah, yeah, and or you know the other way. Yeah. How are you better? How are than you them? better than them? And you know what? That that really resonated with me. I, I was sitting there like, wow, people can turn into animals animals and then at the very end we see paul is shot mm-hmm. and and that's by, not by a convict Mm-mm. i don't think so no, i mean well, i don't we think don't so. know mm-hmm. i don't we don't know but for, to the best of my knowledge it's by a neighbor you know that is somebody we know two people own guns on wisteria lane i can't wait to talk about predictions for that <laughs> i know i know but while, but while we're talking about what actually happened you know that's a person who killed somebody yeah it, willing to kill, able to kill. Yeah. And and it is scary. And I don't know what I would do if convicts were moving to my street. Where do you, you've got to take a stand for or against. Everybody does. So do you stand for or do you stand against? These, these people who have done some serious crimes, being with you, being with your mom, being with your sister, being with your kid, yeah. whatever it is, being with your neighbor. Do you, do you selfish, do you selfishly say, no, I can't do this, and almost not selfish because you're also looking out for those around you, or do you selflessly say, we've got to help these people? I think it depends. I mean, I think that if this was in a real life situation and this was happening on, you know, say a na- in a neighborhood I lived in, I would want to know what type of criminals mm-hmm. are we having here exactly like, if they're sex offenders sex offenders absolutely, absolutely not. not absolutely not okay so what if what what would they be what if, if they were if like i think maybe this a system like this could work if it was people that had spent like let's say six months or less in incarcerated for minor offenses you know and they had had no record before that and these were people that so were really car break need to get integrated yeah. back people into that society. were really down on their luck mm-hmm. or people that had you know grown up in horrible neighborhoods and needed to be recuperated i still think that there would need to be extra security and insurance because the fact of the matter is your property value is going to go down 
you know, when new people come in, they're going to go, oh, I don't, I don't know. And so there does need to be some sort of community talk about this. But I can see how it could work. I think that it's an interesting idea. I think it could work. But if you have people that have served hard time, who have been mm-hmm. locked up for 20 years, or if you have people that have attacked mm-hmm. children or broken into homes, then I, There's yeah. no compromising there. No, I don't. Sex offenders, no. And yeah. if I think I had kids, I'd have a much harder time with almost anything. Yeah. Like, it's hard to say, but if I I would have certainly start locking my doors. Want, yeah. It's a lot scarier, and, I mean, it might sound horrible, but... The chance of it, like, I, I think I would worry in a norm, like a normal neighborhood without convict housing. Regardless, right? Yeah. But that just gives you a little bit out of pressure, and there's a little more awareness and a little more. If something does happen, how guilty are you going to feel? Yeah, right. Like you, you know, it's a risk, yeah. and you know it. And if something happens, then part of that's on you. Yeah, and, and you, you know what? It's interesting because my grandparents live in a little community in Bel Air, and. They've known all their neighbors for a very long time. All, all kind of elderly, nice people. You know, it's the sweet. They, they all sit outside and sip their lemonade. Anyway, so my dad the other day was there, and he was going to fly home, and he went and he put his laptop in the car, and he went back inside to grab his bag, came outside, and the laptop was gone. And recently wow. they had a neighbor move to their street, who was an ex-convict for minor crimes. And whether it was him or not who took it, of course, anybody on the street who heard about it assumed it was him. Of course. So in some ways, it's a good place for these people to be because you hope they learn, you hope they grow. But in other ways, why would you want everybody to be looking down on you, you know? Right. People are going to assume the worst of you, and that's not a good thing. They need to be surrounded by people who have made it out like they have, you know? Like, I don't know if it's that helpful for them. And I think it's also important to consider that the community on Wisteria Lane, I mean, I grew up in like Cupcakeville, suburbia in the Midwest. And, you know, we grew up not locking our doors and running around in the streets. And then I remember like, you know, once the media started to get the way that it is now, where people could look up sex offenders online, everything changed. You know, and we had to be taught a different way to live as as children. And the, but like, think about Juanita, or think about any of these kids that they've always lived in this safe little bubble, and so they just leave. They just go out. They just go play on the street. Well, all of a sudden, there's a sex offender living next door, or whoever it is. You know what I mean? So it's not like these kids have grown up in New York City or somewhere where they've been taught, you know, hey, you have mm-hmm. to be careful. If somebody talks to you, you need to come home and tell mommy, because they've never had to deal with that. It's, it's very interesting that you said that, because that's what I was thinking about when Juanita runs out. Juanita's always run out. Yeah, Juanita always. gets pissed, and Juanita runs out. But this time that Juanita ran out, there's a riot. There's a riot. With and convicts. With convicts, exactly. And... Gabby all of a sudden realizes, holy crap, my daughter is somewhere out here. Yeah. She's not on Mysteria Lane. She's in a riot. In a very dangerous place. In a very dangerous place. And that's really scary. That's really scary. And uh, speaking of riots, I want to talk about our special segment here. Apparently, we have a veteran Mm -hmm. of rioting. We have a riot. We have a rioter. I I wouldn't say I'm an expert or whatever, but... uh, A little more than us. We're we're all kind of like, a riot? Well... Sarah's (laughs) like, oh, the Lakers. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I was in Boston for when the the Red Sox won um, the World Series uh, 2007. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when the Celtics won in uh, 2008, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. 
don't don't go there. Get out of here. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, I I just uh, you know, so those obviously were more like city riots, obviously, as opposed to just the neighborhood riot. But right. um, you know, it's it was interesting uh, watching sort of that riot and compared to the riots of you know the the ones I experienced in Boston. Because uh, you know it rang very true, and there, um, in many ways, there have been studies done on tons of riots, and uh, how they just sort of escalate from nothing to you know this all of a sudden this big thing, um, and usually people that you, you know people that you expect are on the same side do end up turning on each other. So yeah. you know you guys talked about how um, obviously on the show all these sort of neighbors um, come together towards the end, but the big thing is. There was hundreds of people, you know what I mean? And so, now, now, short, you have cliques that are sort of on each other's side. But mm -hmm. the overall uh, consensus is that everyone's divided. And it's obviously going to make the paper. So, I mean, that's I'm probably getting predictions on that. But so, so is that what riots were like, though? I'm just talking about physically. Are you getting knocked over? Are you? Are people on cars? Like, obviously not to that Oh, I mean, extreme, I've, but... seen, I've seen... I've uh, seen... I've seen a car get flipped. Wow. Um, you know, oh, and, it, and it starts with, I mean, it's it literally started with some guy, like, just shaking the hood of a car, and he was like, yo, let's flip it. Just and escalates. It, and, of course, you know, then you have, like, all of a sudden, like, as many people that, you know, they're like, yeah, that's an amazing idea. Let's do it. Let's flip this car. Drunk idiots that are like, yeah, that's an yeah. awesome idea. It's yeah. also just the power of a group, though. Like, I don't know if anybody's Oprah watchers, but I'm mm. a very dedicated Oprah watcher. And are you devastated about the final season? Oh, so devastated. Um, <laughs> but she did a special just this past week where she went back and she visited this small town where she had done an interview like 20 years ago. And it was during the AIDS epidemic. And she talked to this boy that had that had AIDS. And he was an openly gay man living in this small southern town. And all and she, you know how Oprah used to do like those kind of like town meetings? She used to do big big mm -hmm. audiences, you know, and all these people came and it became kind of like a riot and they all attacked this young man and they were all yelling at him and screaming at him and condemning him and all this Wait, stuff. Wait, 20 years ago? 20 or? years ago. And so she had some of those people that came, that were screaming at him and this one man, he was like, I had no intention of going there and doing that that day. And he was like, but I got so worked up by this mob, by this group mentality that I lost control. He was like, and you know, he's a grown man now. He's like in his 60s. And he was like, I lost control. I had no intention. And I think that that's what happens. Yeah. You, you know. go there calm, maybe a little bit excited about whatever issue it is. We saw it happen with Lynette. And then all of a sudden it just escalates. And you look around and you go, whoa, what's happening here? It's like flipping a car. Like, oh, let's shake the car. And then all of a sudden, it's like, somehow, it became a good idea to Plus, flip a car. Yeah. I just started you know with Keith throwing the first punch. Yeah. And then someone making an assumption about him mm -hmm. because he had tattoos on his arm. Right. That, oh, There's mm -hmm. a convict beating up one of our neighbors. You know, and that's it, how it started. It's crazy like that because... You just feed into we, that energy. We all have crazy ideas. How many times have you woken up and thought something and then they're like, nah, or you're out later that day and somebody does something and you think something and then you're like... Oh, why did I just think that? Yeah. And you don't share them and you don't say them out loud. But when you're with an entire group of people who all at once have the same crazy idea, all it takes is one person to express that and everybody's like, oh, it's not that crazy. Somebody else was thinking that. Right. And so it escalates. One person is thinking, let's flip this car. And everybody else is like, that's so funny. I was just thinking it. 
let's flip the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it basically, like, I mean, it is a form of communication, and you know, uh, with the show, obviously, Lynette, um, in some ways, she feels let down by the system, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, how else are you gonna, you know, a system? Obviously, the homeowners association is there. You're supposed to. Uh, and it's there to protect you and you know make the best neighborhood possible and then when that system that you so trusted um, has been turned to work against you then yeah you know how else are you going to communicate and obviously that happened with uh, her recruits you know they um, well they were lucky enough where it didn't happen on them but now Lynette's situation is different and you know it is a, it is a form of writing is a form they, of communication she wanted media attention she didn't mm-hmm. want a riot well, okay, but a qu- question to everybody here. What are you... So there's riots, like, for games, for sports games, and crazy things like that. And then there's riots for causes, mm-hmm. like we just saw. What? What's the fine line? So I, I understand that sometimes you go somewhere, you get wild up. But what riot do you specifically go to? Do you know what I mean? Like, what... What is your Like the intention thing? of causing yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just believe in nonviolence, so yeah. riots have a connotation of violence for me. Mm-hmm. I just don't... And not always, that's but that's the way we think of them now, isn't it? Well, Getting I think attention. part of it comes from, like, media attention of they want to see the conflict and they want to see, like, the worst thing. Like, there was a really huge um, protest, not riot, but protest in Seattle against, like, um, what was it, like, the World Trade Organization or something, and, like three people, like, three people broke a Starbucks window. And that was all, all the media the covered. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just about the Starbucks window. When there was, like, hundreds of people sitting on the ground getting just tear gas. Yeah. Just peacefully getting... Protesting. T- yeah, just sitting there getting tear gas. And, like, mm. But people just focused on the three people who broke windows. So then everyone's like, oh, anytime people get together, it's only going to be violent. And then all of a sudden they're complicit in this, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and then and then people do have to use actions because they have this idea that everyone's gonna be violent when it's really only like a, a couple, couple of a couple, people. right? Yeah. I mean, right. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's much of a difference between sort of uh, game riots and like uh, protest riots in the sense that even like the Boston ones that I've experienced um, for games, you know, there is a certain outrage to you know, obviously with Boston, there's a, even even the Celtics when they were screaming like Yankees suck. So there is that sort of rage, like, "Hey, I'm number one, and everyone else sucks," you know. So, it, so it is a cause in a certain sense. Well, it all so comes that- down to power, right? So, if a protest becomes a riot, it's because the people protesting want to say, "Hey, we're in control now. You mm-hmm. can't mess with us." And I think that's where the violence comes in. That's when we see people attack, you know, the police or whoever's there, and that's when it, I think it can get really scary. Mm-hmm. You, you guys are making a really good point. And you know what? Before we just had this conversation, I wasn't thinking in my head about the violence. I don't know why, but I, I don't always associate the two together. But I can't think of an example now where they don't go hand in hand. Yeah, I think riot means violent. I think if it's a mm-hmm. if it becomes a, a riot, a protest, yeah, different yeah. than riot. I mean, even like, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. I don't think any time a, a team wins, I don't think that there's always been a riot. I don't think anyone else says anything. This, this is what Corey in the booth over there has. This is his two cents on it. He says that riots are a riot. Oh, genius. That's hilarious. Genius, Corey. Thank you so much for contributing that thought. Uh, but apparently they're not a riot. They're violent. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, you know, for the Celtics one, I mean, there was literally um, uh, s- s- uh, squads coming at us, you know, with shields and, like, huge guns. 
That's you know, not, I'm not talking about like handguns. I'm talking about legit guns, and uh, mm -hmm. they're running towards you, so you back away. Mm. Freaking scary, man. I don't know. I don't know if I ever want to be in a. I don't love any sports team that much. Okay, Celtics. That's my jam. I love no, the Celtics. No, no, no. But I, to have somebody I run at me, windows yeah, for it. or to have a gun pointed in my face, I'd be like, never mind. Well, what I don't understand though is what are you showing there? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Like, get oh it. my god, I love the Celtics so much that so I'm let's gonna flash our I'm gonna. I'm willing to risk my life. Like what? They're martyrs. Yeah. You got it on the nose. That's what they all are. <laughs> oh, that's, so that's as far, I think, as our riding experience goes. So I'd like to hear from news and gossip, please. After Buzz TV News. There's allegations that Eva Longoria cheated in her marriage to Tony Parker as well. The actress may have had an affair with Tour de France champ Lance Armstrong. <gasps> no way. So. I don't think, I don't think so. so. Oh, my God. I, I could see her. I could totally no. see her cheating. No. Maybe what? not with Lance, but yeah. No, they no. started a family. Yeah, if, she did, no. if she did, did he know about it and that was part of the whole thing? Or I don't know. They're, no, they're a hot not. mess. They're a hot mess, the two of them right now. Oh, my I mean, God. not to get too much into this, but one of my friends, uh, Courtney Stewart, who does celeb rehab with me, um... She was talking about, you know, Tony Parker. He lives in San Antonio. He's 28 years old. She's in her 30s. And he's getting uh, women thrown at him. Yes, of course he's going to cheat. Yeah. No, he's I a baller. Know, yeah. He's a baller. baller. He's so <laughs> yes. so disgusting. She's even Longoria. What do you mean, of course he's going to cheat? Where it is doesn't this matter of who course she is. thing coming from? Mm -hmm. I, I could be with somebody. I could be so much younger and so much... I'm not going to ever cheat on anybody. Nope. Lance Armstrong, isn't he going out with Cheryl Crow? Or is he that married? was like that was about 10 years ago. <laughs> so, 2000? That was about 2000. Oh, right. <laughs> the show's creator, Mark Cherry, will be one of the judges for the 90th Miss America pageant. <gasps> Love the pageant that. will air on ABC after its six-year stint away from airing on network television. I love Miss America. Do you guys watch that? Oh, oh, I have a All huge party for it every Love year. It. Oh, Love my God. The closest I get is watching Miss Congeniality like once every oh, year. Yeah. So. They have TV shows about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Documentaries. Yeah. And, like, they follow them and, like, all this stuff, and you get to know them. It's great. Yeah. My mother put it. me in Korean pageants. It was a little traumatizing. Did you win? I have the title of Miss Asian Korea. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Vanessa Williams. Both a celebrity right now. Stop, stop. <laughs> Attended the 30th annual The New York Women in Film and Television Awards. The ceremony, the ceremony sports the careers of women in entertainment and film, television, and digital media. Oh, good and for this her. was Vanessa Williams? Vanessa Williams. Good for her. Not yeah, Miss yeah, Asian yeah. San Francisco. Brian <laughs> 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 Austin Green, who plays Keith, reminds himself every day how lucky he is to have married Megan Fox. He also squashed rumors that because the Hawaii wedding was a low-key ceremony, that it might have been a spontaneous affair. He said, quote, we planned the whole thing, end quote. Lucky man. I, I looked yeah. at those, what was it, in People magazine, those pictures? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. They're so gorgeous. Yeah, oh. they're going to have either really beautical children or hideous children. We'll like see how it turns out. Why I don't hideous? know. According to Phil, he might Because sometimes really beautiful cheat. people just don't procreate No, well. yeah, that's not what I'm it's saying true. at all, but... <laughs> Former Dallas star Larry Hagman will make a cameo on the show despite never having seen an episode. The actor will play a love interest of Felicity Huffman's characters, mom Stella Wingfield, played by Polly Bergen. Hagman says, quote, I just decided to do it, and I'm going to shoot next week, end quote. 
Oh, good for you. I definitely. <laughs> and for us struggling after. Yeah, that. right. Well, oh yeah. I just woke I up just today. Decided to be in that movie last week. Mm-hmm. No big deal. I Never. still totally believe in doing your homework. He's gotta at least watch one yeah, episode. Yeah, I don't like that. I hate that. Do your research. Stepping in, Coffee. right? And the biggest news to come out this week was released through WikiLeaks in a U.S. State Department memo titled, quote, Ideological and Ownership Trends in Saudi Media, end quote. An unnamed Saudi source told U.S. officials that, quote, the American programming on its, on its winning over ordinary Saudis in a way that U.S. propaganda never could, end quote. One of the shows on Saudi programming is Desperate Housewives. Wow. Changing <laughs> lives. Changing lives. <laughs> Around the world. Every day. Wow. Desperate Housewives. I have, Well, they better not be right. Oh. Oh, God. No, I got scared. Of it. They're going to buy it against us. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my God. We're screwed. <laughs> and that's your AfterBuzz TV Desperate Housewives News and Gossip for the week of December 12th, 2010. Wow. Good yeah. stuff. And that's the last episode. Oh, oh my gosh. So sad. If I was going to be in a riot, I would not want it to be with people that I could not understand. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are screaming at me, and I don't know I if do. I'm on the same side as you. Side I would just you. hide. What is going on? Under a car like Eva Longoria. Yeah, she exactly. was very sad. She had me worried, I was like, I was like, something's going to happen. The yes. car's going to move. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Right? I thought that she was under the car, under Liam Bob's car, and then yeah, I didn't that I had to take off sure. and run over her. Yeah, I thought she was going to die. They've run over sure. way too many people on the show, no, so we've got to come up with I knew she got under a blue people. car. And the other car was gray. You're so observant. Oh my gosh, Phil. Well, because he is a riot pro. <laughs> I know. Well, well, we are already making some predictions that we thought were going to happen in this episode. So I think we should just jump to predictions that are going to happen next year. So 2011. Crazy. Can we just start with the shooting? Just because I want to hear people's I, opinions you know, on I, this. You know who I think did it? I think Beth did it. Oh, that's, I agree 100%. I think it's Mrs. Oh, yeah. I, no, I think it's Beth for sure. I think. Okay. I think that Beth. Beth give me some backup, something here. I think because remember, we were like, you never. Remember in the beginning, they were like, you never know what people have in their creepy basements. And then somebody <laughs> like opened up the chest and we saw a that's gun. That's true. Mm-hmm. And we were like, whose is that? Remember, all of us were like, what was that weird clip? Uh-huh. I think that Beth loses her shit and she just attacks him. I think that she realizes he's an evil man, and she. I think something happened, and she and she shoots and, him. And she's willing to go to jail and spend time with mommy. Yeah. See, I am putting my money on Mrs. Kowalski. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. Wait, who are you Mikowski? talking about? The old lady. Mrs. Mikowski. Ms. Kowalski. I don't know. Kowalski. Whatever. <laughs> that's, that's like Stella. I know you've been working on a scene from that right now. So <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how you go in my mind. I know you've been scene from that. Wow, I got you. That's so funny. No, but I think it's her. That woman's got She's got some cones, and I just feel like she's good gonna be like i'm old i'm done with this goodbye okay i could see it Mm -hmm. you know what though i think it's gabby i think Mm. it's gabby because she's very rash and she just saw what almost happened to her daughter and i i don't know you see her make these decisions sometimes and you're like you just weren't thinking about that at all at all maybe i I don't know if i actually think that or if that was the first thing that popped Mm. in my head and i kind of went with it i could see what you're saying with beth I maybe that's more realistic, but that was the first thing I thought of. Like, yeah, who's the dumb one on the show that really doesn't think about consequences at all? Oh, Gabby. Although, weren't her and Carlos together, like, snuggling with Juanita at mm-hmm. the end of the episode? I kind of think it might be Carlos. Yeah, but this too. was hours Carlos. later. Oh, yeah, it was hours later. That's right. That's right. Oh, do you have any predictions over here? 
I have to say, I'm with Jen. There's um, something so ominous about her presence. And it was weird how she wasn't in this episode at all. Like, usually... And last week, last not Last week, at all. not yeah. at all. Like, and that's... What, you know how they kind of trick us sometimes with mm-hmm. that? Like, whoever it is that's kind of fading into the background usually is about to have a big moment. So maybe, like, the next episode is going to start with... Meanwhile, you know, like while we see Paul was plotting mm-hmm. all this stuff, Beth was putting the pieces together about Paul's truth, about his past. It's interesting that none of us think that it's Lee. You I know, mean, which I was going to say, if I mean, even though it's obvious that we saw that he, has a, that he has a gun. And yeah, that we, we see saw that, that Lee has, has a gun. gun. We see that Lee has a gun. I mean, but that's just too obvious. Okay. But you know what? I could see them having it be Lee yeah. and being like, what if it was Redemption? Keith using Bree's gun? Dun, dun, dun. But Keith doesn't really have any reason to kill Paul. I yeah. mean, other than he's kind of crazy. Yeah, Keith would probably kill his dad at this point rather than Paul. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, well, for me, what I saw from that preview that was very underwhelming in terms of, okay, we just had a riot. Everything, all these sort of uh, storylines are at a head. And then we just see we shots of people talking. Brie, like, eating dinner. Yeah, like, <laughs> what hard. is going on? That Apart from the murder weird. mystery. Which, by the way, I think is very obvious. I, I do believe it's Beth, so I yeah. don't even know. I don't even understand why it is a complete murder mystery. I think it but. has to be okay, Beth. The other things though that we saw for next year, we saw Orson come back. Oh yeah, Orson. And no, I don't sees, like that. Yeah, he's creepy in the wheelchair. We see Renee tell um, Susan about Tom. I mean, t- tell Lynette about Tom. Right. I'm just throwing out here the little things that we saw. And what did we see? Susan changed something, something, some weird thing with Susan. Was Susan at the doctor? Oh, yeah, Susan. And the doctor said something. Oh, yeah, something post-riot. Your life has changed changed or something like that. I felt like she was clutching her stuff. Yeah, it looked like she was pregnant, but she's not. I don't know, uh, but she just got trampled on, so. Maybe Mike uh, comes home to take care of her. I was just going to say, we saw a flash of Mike. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they, like, incriminated Mike in the, in the, in the shooting. Because they were like, who did it? And then it showed Mike. Bum, bum, bum. Mike's in Alaska, but maybe they're trying to. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, we're getting cut off. <laughs> all we have for the year. Oh, oh my god, that's it for 2020. I'm not even hosting another thing till after this. So happy New Year! Happy New Year, Every everyone! Resolutions come true, and everybody has a great time and sits by their computer, waiting to, or the television rather, waiting to watch Desperate Housewives. Sure I will. January 2nd, right? That's what we'll, we'll all be here. No worries. <laughs> oh, perfect. Producers. Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer Corey Sheehan, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to host an AfterBuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com or buzz into our Twitter account or Facebook page by searching TV. Buzz you later. later. Happy, happy holidays. And a happy new year. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.